there is this battle, this this deep, deep battle that each and every one of us deal with each day. And that's the battle of anxiety. We hide behind these shields of protection. We hide and run at all costs. And typically we're back to patterns we established at a young age that protected us at that point in time. But then we've never really taken the time to check it and see if it's serving us at this point in our life. On this week's episode of Attention to Intention, we're putting down that shield, my friend. We're doing it together. We're getting brave and we're talking about giving ourselves space to identify who is driving our decisions in life and how we can take back control with three simple steps. Join me now. Welcome to our community, friends. I am thrilled that you have found your way here. I want to give a shout out to our friends in Feasterville, Trebos, PA. You know, I'm a Bucks County girl and a huge fan of that area. I had many, many, many a good night in New Hope. I am so happy that you're here with our tribe, that you're a member of it. And most importantly, that you, you, my friend, are taking the time to show up for you. If you're feeling directionless, frustrated, unfulfilled, as if you're just going through the motions of life, you have made your way to the right place. My name is Megan Miller. I'm an intentional living expert that offers high-performing, go-getters, overachievers, simple daily micro steps for putting attention to intention so they can stop sleepwalking through life, living in a robotic nature, addicted to the drug of achievement and start living, living with more inspiration, fulfillment and connection to their most trusted advisor themselves. I know this because I've been there, guys. I was there the majority of my life, having my life on autopilot, being the woman everyone wanted me to be addicted to the drug of achievement and just feeling that I was meant to do more with my life. That is until I got brave and I got still to really uncover what I wanted for the first time in my life, not what the world told me, not what corporate America told me, not what my family told me, but what I told me. And that are the le- is the lessons that I wanna share with you all to help you navigate through your own journey. These small practical steps will help you maximize how you show up in the world to create a life that you're passionate about because it can exist. Welcome to putting attention to intention. So over the pandemic, I swore to myself and my husband that I wasn't going to allow us to go back to this busy badge of honor again, right? Running from one thing to the next, weekdays consumed with work, sometimes have the luxury of having dinner with my husband, but running, running, running all the time. And then every weekend consumed with a personal personal commitment. And here we are, my friends, April 10th, April 10th, and we are back full steam ahead. Every weekend's booked through the end of May. Weekdays were planes, trains, and automobiles. And we have gone back to old habits. And I know right where this stems from, 
with me because I've gotten curious through the years and especially over the pandemic of why I have this need to just jam that calendar full of things. And for me, it's that belief that if I'm doing all the things, being all the things, going all the places, then that validates me as a person. It is true what they say, old habits die hard. So what did I do? Once I recognized it and I was like, holy shit, man, like we are just going, going, going. And I'm tired and I'm starting to get cranky because if I don't have a moment for me, I call it Maggie time. Like if I don't have a moment by myself, then man, I am cranky. And I had felt myself starting to become really agitated. And I realized it's just been because we've been on the go. So now I have actually, and all my type Ayers out there, you'll appreciate this. I actually had to block time in my calendar. I shit you not. That says in capital letters, do not book anything. <laughs> my friends, I tell you that. So whatever you noticed when you had the silence at home, whatever you thought to yourself, you know what? I never want to do that again. Now is a great time to take stock inventory of if you're holding true to that commitment. And if you've gone back to your old habit, like Moa and so many others, don't, don't make yourself wrong. Don't beat yourself up. Don't say, you know what? I always do this shit, blah, 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 blah. Stop the battle, put down the sword, but just recognize it and course correct. What I want to talk to you beautiful, beautiful humans about today is this idea of who within you is driving your decisions, right? We talk about old habits die hard. It's very true to, it's very easy and true to go back to these old habits that served us for so long. And that's what I want to talk about today is really getting off the hamster wheel for a moment, pulling the car over that is going 80 miles per hour down the highway and really take a moment to just get curious of who within you is driving these decisions that you're making. Gabby Bernstein, who I love, just love her whole message of the universe having your back and these sort of spiritual signs that each and each of us experience every day if we just rise up to recognize them. And she was up promoting her new book, Happy Days. And in one of these interviews that she had, I heard her talking about this really interesting concept that for the first time, I felt she had put language into something that I didn't have words in my toolkit to use, like emotions I felt, but I just did not have language to put to it. So she talks about her protector self, and this is the one who wanted to numb when she would run and do coke or the control freak within her or the one who lashed out in anger. And it wasn't her. It was this sort of protective shell that she had built around herself as she went through these journeys in, in life. And I thought, oh, my God, holy shit. I know that I know that version of me because that is the version that I showed the world for 35 years until I met Michael. I hid behind a shield, man, and that shield was tough. I didn't put that shit down for anyone. And this shield that I had up had me in a cocoon of holding up in my apartment on a Friday, eating a whole pizza of Domino's 
and cheesy bread, because why not? And then I would emerge when I would emerge of my cocoon. I would binge drink complete control freak at work. If someone didn't do something, even if they had the best intentions, like I didn't give a shit. I was really almost a maniac when I think back on it. And then that all stemmed from the fact that I was not in a good place. But when you're not in a good place, that's when the need to control comes out hot and heavy. And I was in, I was such a control freak at work that if someone didn't do something the exact way I wanted it, exact way, I freaked out like a lunatic. I barely answered calls from friends and family because I didn't want to hear how good things in their life were. So I just said I was busy. Ooh, I'm busy, busy at work, had a commitment, couldn't get it, hope all is well. And the shield never had me talking about myself. Any conversation I had, I wanted to make it all about you because that meant the limelight wasn't on me. And here's what's the crazy part about this. I was telling myself this entire time that all of this made me good at my job, that that's why I was getting promoted every two years and my shit was on point. And meanwhile, I was running from the silence because I didn't want to deal with all these just uncomfortable, muddy feelings inside me that I really didn't have the toolkit or the language to understand. And how many of you, my friends, can relate to that? It is so easy for us to let this protector self drive the car of our life because we think it's safe and it's comfortable and it's what we've known. Have you taken the time, really taken the time to stop and think who you're letting drive the decisions in your life? Who is driving the car of your life? Like who's sitting behind the driver's seat? Is it really you? Is it what the world's telling you should you should want? Is it your protector self? Have you ever really taken the time to sit and think about what's making you put that shield up? Those shields come up. I know I know mine did when I was a young girl. So a lot of these things happen when we're younger. We don't have the language or if your family was anything like mine, we didn't talk about shit. So you just sort of stuff it down. You pick yourself up and you keep moving. For me as a young girl which I never really talked about because it was so uncomfortable and so painful after my father left. And I saw my mother in her early 20s taking care of two kids, single handedly working two jobs to make ends meet, just being such an incredible mother. And she is lives for her children and sacrificed so much of herself. And seeing her struggle made me think that I never wanted that. I never wanted to struggle like that. And in my little mind, at that moment, because again, I didn't have the language or the toolkit to understand. I thought that a way to protect myself from that was to be alone, hide in my little cocoon, become obsessed with the lane I was good at, which was work. That was the first thing in my life that I really achieved uh, validation for was this sales job. And when I did emerge, you know, when I felt that I had my mask put on enough to share with the world, I was the funny life of the party girl. And that's the lane I was in for almost two decades. For my entire life, entire life, I never talked about feelings. I kept shit on surface level. It, it, if your family was like mine, 
we really didn't talk about those deep, muddy, uncomfortable things. You went up to your room, you dealt with it, and then you came back downstairs when you had it handled. And really what there was was you stuffed it down. (laughs) You didn't really talk about it. We didn't know how to talk to our friends about it. Like the, the just the deep, deep, dark demons you stuff down. And listen, this is of no offense to our parents. I think that 99.9% of parents out there, listen, we're doing, they're doing the best they can with the toolkit that they were given, which was the toolkit that was given to their parents and the toolkit that was given to their parents before them. So it's just these generational things that have been passed down. And when we shove these feelings down, like I did for so long, it lays the foundation for us to be pushers, right? Like you push those uncomfortable feelings down as much as you can, which is why you run to something to distract you. The email, the cookie, the drink, the social scrolling, the 47 episodes of Netflix, whatever it is, so you don't have to feel or or really listen to those feelings in your gut, right? And when you do that, when you push those feelings down, don't they find a way to come right back around? Running from your feelings is like a rowdy room of children. They all want to be noticed. And when you ignore them, they get louder. But when you sit down and you let them talk one by one, The conversations become calmer. The room becomes calmer. There are things that you can digest and you hear each child. And that is the same for our feelings. When you give yourself the space to acknowledge, to speak to them, to hear them, do they begin to speak to you in a more heart-centered manner than the tornado and the flurry of shit that we're accustomed to? So how do we do this? Because this all sounds nice and good. The analogies are great, Meg, but I don't even know where to begin. And let me tell you this. As someone who ran from shit for 35 years, I understand that it seems very terrifying and frightening to think, well, what's on the other side of this? And I can tell you what's on the other side, and that's peace. And peace and happiness and enlightenment and fulfillment Your life is worth that, my friends, and you can have this if you just work through this brick by brick by brick and allow yourself some space to allow these feelings to speak to you. So the first thing is recognizing it. When you have that little whisper, we all have it, and it can be very, very quiet. But when you have that whisper in your gut that tells you that this is off, whatever that is, the job the relationship when you're shoving the 75th Oreo cookie down your throat been there, or you're making another drink or you're ordering the shot or you whatever it is. And you know, you need to put it down or, you know, you're going in the wrong direction. It's stopping, stopping in that moment and getting curious on the emotion versus running from it. So for me and those of us who are overthinkers, Raise your hands because you're not alone. My friend, my mind goes a mile a minute and always to worst case scenario, always. But for me, what what really helped me navigate through these feelings that I had stuffed down 
until I started this process. So it, it was 35 years of unpacking to do. It was running to pen and paper. And what I would do is speak to myself like I would my best friend. So I would just flush out anything that was in my mind. It didn't need to make sense. I didn't even reread it. But once I felt like I I had gotten all of these jumbled words and emotions out of my mind, then I began to talk to myself like I would my best friend. And even if I didn't get to the bottom of the emotion at that moment, it was just very freeing and it became easier with time. And I would typically end it with this and I would write this to myself. You know, Meg, you've gotten through everything before in your life and you will get through this. Look at how far you've come. You are creating this scenario in your mind. You know, like those are the sort of things that I would tell myself like I was talking to my best friend. And at the end of that process, it just became freeing and it became easier over time. So my first recommendation is to just get these little pocket mini pocket journals. You can buy them on Amazon. They're super cheap. And I would put one in every place possible. The car, your purse your office. And instead of running to the booze, the cookies, the email, run to yourself with that pen and paper. Another thing which has been known to release anxiety and it has worked for me, like if I feel myself starting to get the rumbles in my stomach, the sea of emotions just raging through my body and I feel like I need to move. And you know that feeling when I feel like I need to move and the pen and paper isn't going to work for me at this moment. I need to move my body. I do just that. I go for a walk outside. No earbuds, no phone, just me and my thoughts. And time and time again, time and time again, I've always come back with a clearer mind and an open heart. And that battle in my mind of me versus me became much calmer. And we've all seen that social graphic that talks about think of who you want to be and show up as her. And when we unpack that a little more, I think there's so much value in that. So I want to share a story with you that really illustrates this. A girlfriend of mine was sharing a story about how she just had her second miscarriage and it was very difficult for her to deal with. And she didn't have the language to communicate how she was feeling. It was yucky. It was muddy. So she was living in her sweatpants for months, going through the motions of life, barely, and really living in a robotic nature. She said to me, I, I didn't even want to wash my hair. And I was like, well, I don't want to wash my hair on a good day. So I get it. And as she shared with me these words, I reflected back on so many of my deepest, deepest, darkest moments where I was doing the same, living in the same pair of sweatpants barely able to get up and brush my teeth and just feeling like I was going through the motions. And through this time, she connected with a friend who experienced the same thing and would make the two of them sync up and talk through her feelings. I think they did it like every other week they would connect. And as the days would lead them to this call, my friend would dread it, right? Because you don't want to talk about this shit. It's easy to run from it. So I'm talking like she would rather walk on hot coals because it was uncomfortable and she had to go there and she had to talk about these things that she just wanted to stuff down. 
and eat the bag of Oreos. And instead, she had to have this conversation with a woman who had been there right where she was. And there was this one day where this woman says to my friend, close your eyes, close your eyes. And in your happiest moment, what do you see? My friend shares the story about how she sees herself in this. She's like, I can she says, I can describe it to you right now. She's like, and I don't even know where this came from, because hell, I didn't even own a white linen shirt at the time. But I saw myself in this white linen shirt and jeans and I was eating pancakes with this little blonde, cute girl in this little bungalow house back in my hometown. And she says it just it felt so warm and like a big hug. And from that day on, it gave her the courage to keep showing up because she knew that she could have that. Like she she just had this this gut intuition, you know, that feeling that 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 tells you that you were meant for more. And there is something on the other side of these emotions that you've been running from. And she said, I just I had this just inner peace and feeling of knowing that I could have that. And it gave me the courage to keep showing up. And within a year, within one year, not only did she move back closer to home to her parents, did she get that cute little bungalow house? She just had her second baby and she's the happiest I've ever seen. And I want you, I want to give you all that same gift that was gifted to my friends. So please close your eyes. Only if you're not driving, we don't need to have any accidents here on attention to attention. You all are too precious. So if you're not driving, close your eyes. And if you are somewhere where you can't close your eyes, I just want you to put this on pause and allow your mind to wander. Who do you want to be? What does that version of your life look like? And how can you begin showing up as her? Thank you for taking the time to be here and most importantly for taking the first step in investing in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do make sure to subscribe so you're up to date on the latest episodes and share with three people in your tribe that I that you know would benefit from this content. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your life and getting to know the individual that we're never taught how to talk to ourselves. Did you know that we have a text line? I am going to put it in the show notes. Text us, call us, leave us a message. We would love to hear from you and feature you on a podcast. Please do join our community on Instagram, megan.b.miller. I will also link that in the show notes and comment and rate the podcast. It does make a difference in sharing our community. Till next time, carry on with intention.